0: Top of the morning, Connect. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. What's up, second service? We all pumped to be in church today? Awesome, awesome. My name is uh, Pastor Derek, if you don't know who I am. And I uh, just want to welcome you to Connect if you're here for the first time. In fact, I want to welcome all our online uh, viewers. Can you just join me in giving them a warm welcome? Thanks for being with us. I want to do a little shout-out. Uh, at the same time, i want to tell you a cool testimony. Uh, some of you know, if you've been here for any length of time, that some, uh, an unusual connection has been made between us and the Middle East. I don't know how it happened exactly, but um, there are people watching our services and, uh, and, and, and people's lives are being changed. In fact, last week, uh, a pastor friend of mine uh, in Pakistan told me uh, that one of the services, they had the space from like these two TVs to the stage 91 people, uh, over 100 people packed in, and 91 people got saved, gave their life to Christ from one of our videos. Isn't that crazy? Just in one little house church, a little house church, and they send me pictures, and you can see they get like a a TV, and they use a computer, and they just pull it up, you know, on YouTube, and they play, they play our videos. I'm seeing my picture, and it's just the weirdest thing ever to see something like that. It's just bizarre. And they're all taking notes and got their Bibles and stuff. And uh, we sent Bibles just recently because of the faithful givers of Connect Community Church. We just sent uh, money to them for for Bibles, and they just baptize in tons of people. And then they give them a Bible when they get baptized. In addition to that, he shared with me this is just a crazy story, but I'm just going to tell it to you anyway. But a guy came in uh, off the street to their meeting. They didn't expect him. They didn't know who he was, and he was a little um, troubled. Let's just say, person. And as he's listening to me preach, uh, he was getting really uh, uptight. So he actually left. He left the, the, the meeting. Three days later, he came back, and um, he's knocking on the door to try to speak to the pastor or one of the leaders or something like that. And he basically said, um, please, somebody help me. Please, somebody help me. I haven't slept in three days since listening to that message. I'm completely tormented by this, by this, this message. Come to find out, he was a, into uh, black magic. He was like, uh, uh, into the, heavily into the occult, and he wanted to know what he could do so that he could actually fall asleep. And so they said, well, you need to give your life to Christ, and they prayed for him, ministered like deliverance to him, got him set free from this demonic stronghold, and he gave his life to Jesus. Isn't that crazy? You're like, that happened. That happened. That's like book of Acts. That's, like, that's not like ask you a question. That's like book of Acts stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. So anyway, on that note, uh, let's get into our worship guides. You can pull them out, and this is a note-taking service. I have to do the impossible in 37 minutes and 21 seconds uh, to teach in a massive subject in a very short period of time. And so let me uh, start by saying um, that we're in a series entitled The Helper, and basically the motto is from that the Holy Spirit is the helper. That's one of his names, advocate, comforter. There's different names, but we focused on the idea and the genesis of this series is that the Holy Spirit fundamentally is to help us here on earth. That Jesus is about the when and then, and the Holy Spirit is about the here and now. The Holy Spirit is to help us navigate and overcome this crazy nuts world that we are living in today. And how many know we need some help down here? Yes? I hope you guys realize that. So the first couple of weeks, we unpacked what what is uh, important for today. And that is you have to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in order to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have to first see him as a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, his name is God. There's God the Father, there's God the Son, and there's God the Holy Spirit. Now we are comfortable a lot of times with God the Father because we have a father, we understand what a father looks like, we understand the role of a father or what it should be. We're comfortable with God the Son because we might have a son, be a son, hope to have a son. Um, and, you know, that's easier for us. But God the Holy Spirit, ho oh, that's when it gets a little weird and wonky and cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's when it kind of gets a little crazy, right? And, and how many know, and we said this a couple of weeks ago, and we'll say it again, that the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Come on, somebody. People are weird. Turn to your neighbor and say, you may be one of those people. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. So we just get that out of the way, and then we can move on, because you may be sitting next to some really weird people. So, 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 to, so those two weeks are set up. Just by the way, we teach in series on purpose because you can't unpack all the, the truths of the scriptures just at one time. And so one of the things about um, this particular series, and I just want you to understand what I'm doing as your pastor. Those of you who consider me your pastor, I'm trying to break down barriers between you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's, what I'm, that's why that's you why need to be in church on a weekly basis because each message is building on the previous message. We, we, we teach line upon line, precept upon precept, week upon week so that walls between you and the Holy Spirit can be broken down so you can get closer. You can have intimate fellowship and relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. Because God on earth is God, the Holy Spirit right now. Yes, Amen. And so that's what's happening. So the first two weeks are about that. If you didn't get those, get them. Go back and get them. Listen to them again if you didn't get it, <laughs> even if you were here, okay? Um, so, so those weeks connect to today and to tonight. The series will really culminate tonight, but, uh, uh, but this is all, this particular message and messages tonight are, uh, are about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power. So we're talking about the person, now we're talking about the power. Everybody say, I got the power. <laughs> I have a song in my head, it's going off right now. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. There's a whole video going. Anyway. How many 80 lovers in the house? Come on, somebody. Woo! Feel the anointing. All right. Look in your Bibles in our opening verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what it says. But you, everybody say, I will. will. You will receive what? Power. You got to say it with like a little bit of attitude, like power. All right, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be, as a result of receiving that power, my what? Okay, so a byproduct, a result of receiving the Holy Spirit coming upon you is not you be weird, you be a witness. Did you get that? So if you're weird from the Holy Spirit, then you didn't get it right, because you're supposed to be a witness. You're supposed to be a powerful witness. Some of us struggle to see the advancement of the kingdom of God. We don't see what God wants to do through us and together through us because we didn't receive the power in the first place and we're not bold enough, strong enough, equipped enough to be a witness. And it's all connected with the Holy Spirit, everybody. Okay. And then it goes on to say, telling people uh, everywhere about, about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout the Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God wants us to receive the Holy Spirit so we can go out and be a witness to the world. So the Holy Spirit came to help you and I overcome and change the world together. Now, what's not in your notes is this next text. Just write this for all you bonus scripture people. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. I'll, I'll use this probably tonight. Acts 19, 1 and 2. This is what it says. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, when you read the book of Acts, we talked about this in our text series in the beginning of the year. If you want to understand the Bible, how it's worded and set up and how, you know all that... Go to text online and and check that out. That series, But Acts is a historical record of the early church. It's just when the church exploded post-Jesus' resurrection. It was this powerful event. A guy said he was going to die and come back to life, and he did. And, man, it changed the world forever. And so in Acts uh, 19, all these people are getting saved and baptized, and Apollos is going to this one city, Corinth, and, and Paul is going to this city of Ephesus. And while he's in Ephesus, he's like, Hey, did you guys, all these followers of Christ are there. And and he says, did you guys receive uh, the Holy Spirit when you became followers of Christ? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They were completely oblivious to the person and power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and my, my, think, my thinking is the same problem or reality that was there 2,000 years ago, in many, respect, in many respects, still exists today. We have people that really don't have a clue about the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we're, that's why we're talking about this. And my goal is to uncomplicate this, this, this complicated subject, get those barriers down, and in particular today, start the process of helping you see the importance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the charisma of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys like gifts out there? Anybody? Anybody? All you ladies, raise your hand. You know you like gifts. Come on, get with that. Guys, we like gifts too. In fact, if we don't get a gift in a month, we'll buy one for ourselves. You know what I mean? (laughs) We're like Amazon.com. Boom, to myself. So we like gifts. (laughs) I'm just getting that out. Uh, I was doing it last night. Um, I was. Okay, so here's a big idea uh, for you guys when it comes to gifts. You need to know this about God because this will help... This will, this will be a lens that you look through as we as we go forward and navigate things that are unknown and navigate things that are mysteries to you. You need to understand something about gifts. Any gift God gives is a good gift. Any gift from God is a good gift. Every gift that comes from him is a good gift. He doesn't give bad gifts to anybody. Can I have an amen? So, so here's where the teaching comes in. So there's gonna be like three lanes of gifts that I want you to understand and then we're gonna get into some specifics a little bit later. So here's... Here's kind of like three buckets of gifts. The first one is critical. It's got to stand all by itself. The first gift is this, the the gift of eternal life. The Bible calls it the gift of eternal life. This gift has to stand by itself. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says this. It says, for the wages of sin. Everybody say wages. wages. So this is referring to the fact that there's a payment, a bill for sin. We all kind of know that inherently. Like We make a mistake, there's a consequence, there's a price. For that, that sin is you got to you got to you got to pay for it with your life. That's the consequence, the wage, the payment, the bill of sin. But the gift of God is what eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's this first gift. You need to understand something. It has to stand all by itself. It cannot be bundled up with the other gifts because this is this is something you can't earn, pay for uh, before or after. Receiving the gift. In other words, you can't go to church enough to get this gift. I don't care. You know, you could be a flagship member of Connect Community Church. You're here every week for 52 weeks. Good for you. But that doesn't get you salvation. You could read your Bible every day. You could serve on the dream team like a maniac, serve the socks off people. You could be a, a tither. You could go even do more than that. That doesn't get you salvation, okay? In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, look at this next text. Ephesians 2.8 says, because it's by grace, right, not works, You have been saved through faith. So it's not something you can do. And this is not from yourselves. Oh, could you make that crystal clear for us, Paul? It is the what? Gift of God, okay? So there's nothing you can do to earn or deserve the first gift that comes from God. Why are you making such a big point about this? Because the next gift that you get is about works. And see, if those two came together at the same exact time, you would confuse it. You would think, oh, I'm, I'm doing something to receive this gift. No, this gift, you can do nothing to receive this gift before or after. And if you think you do, then you maybe didn't get it right in the first place because it's by grace. Everybody get it? Okay, so the next gift is this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Now, hold on. Here's, here's something that hopefully I can say this the right way. A lot of times, we're not effective as Christ followers. We're not healthy as Christ followers. In other words, we're not growing. We're not overcoming the different issues in our life. We're not also going out and being a positive influence on the world and seeing the world changed. All the things that we see in the Bible. Because when we received the first gift, we ran out and started trying to do what God wanted us to do. And we got discouraged. And we failed and we fell And we fall. We failed and we fall over and over and over again. That's because on earth, God gave us the Holy Spirit and we're supposed to basically wait before we go. Did you get it? Some of you are going before you waited. What? You wait for who? Him. Why? Because you don't want to go without him. It's like your American Express card, but it's more important. Don't leave home without him. Okay, But people are leaving home and going out without the Holy Spirit, and as a result, we're failing. So don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit, which you've heard me speak about. Where where do you speak about him? From John chapter 14 all the way to John chapter 17. We talked about that already, if you weren't paying attention. For John baptized with water. That's the first baptism, the first work of grace. Water baptism is connected to the first gift, salvation. What do you mean? Basically, salvation, eternal life that we receive by grace through faith, that is a personal decision. Once we've made that personal decision and we decide to go public in water baptism, they're connected. Water baptism doesn't mean you're saved. It's just a sign and a seal you are saved. Just like my wedding band is a sign to whom I belong. And you can't get this because it belongs to Stacy. okay? That's what this says. I know. Anyway, sorry. That's, that's what this is all about. But in a few days, he says, wait before you go. In a few days, you will be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit. That's a second work of grace. It's not bundled with the first work because we don't want to confuse that because that's grace. This second work is about you doing works on the earth. The gift of the Holy Spirit is to help you do what you need to do. Then what God does in that gift of the Holy Spirit that you receive, he pours out these special gifts to help you do those works. These are this, this is where we get this word charisma or charismatic. Uh, this, and that doesn't, it's, charismatics are not people that s- swing from chandeliers and, and handle snakes and stuff like that. that. That won't happen here. It'll happen tonight, Sunday night. No, I'm just kidding. It won't happen tonight. <laughs> it doesn't happen here, okay? So that's not what's going to go on. But, but I want you to understand these spiritual gifts are the third gift. Write that down, spiritual gifts. That's our topic really for today. First Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this. Now about spiritual gifts, this word in the Greek is charisma or charis. It's like a, a grace, a special, basically a spiritual gift is you know it wasn't you, you know it was God. That's what that is. How's that for a layman definition? Like, I don't know how that just happened. Yep, that's right, because it wasn't you. If you think it was you, it wasn't a spiritual gift. It's a, Another way to say it is it's a divine enablement. Uh, uh, and for all you guys who like cartoons, it's superpowers, okay? Like wonder twin powers activate kind of stuff, okay? Form of, you know, a really, whatever. I'm going to get out of that because I'll start going down a lane with cartoons and that, we'll never return. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says, Now by spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. Ignorant. That means you could be confused. You could be in the dark about this subject. In fact, 87% of believers do not know or practice, therefore, their spiritual gifts. But the Holy Spirit came. God said, wait before you go. He's going to come, and then he's going to bestow upon you these spiritual gifts to help you overcome whatever you're trying to overcome. But it's not just about you, but also help you help others on the earth. But what's the confusion all about then? Why, do we, why are we not seeing that? Well, some people don't see it because they're cessationists. What did you say? That means they believe that those gifts that we're reading about in the scriptures here ceased to, be, to happen, to exist when the apostles died. That's what a cessationist is. There's this belief that it's, it's over, that the book of Acts is not a continuing book. We as Christ followers believe the book of Acts continues, that we are still a part of God's church. And that's why he said when Jesus left that you're going you're gonna to go into all the world and continue to do greater works than even I did. Jesus would have made it abundantly clear at his departure, his ascension, that, that all these things are over. But instead he said the opposite. You're going to keep doing more of the things, in fact, even greater. How many know that's not a cessationist and Jesus said that? Praise the Lord. So I think some people just shut it down because they think it's over and done. But I think underneath that, the real problem is that people don't have a problem so much with the Holy Spirit. They have a problem with the packaging of the Holy Spirit. It's not like whatever I read about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like most people don't have a problem when they're reading about the gift of faith. I've never, I've never talked to somebody and said, yeah, you know, my problem with this Holy Spirit stuff is the gift of faith. You know? I, mean, I, just, I just can't stand that gift of faith. Nobody says that. Nobody's, I've never heard somebody say about the gift of wisdom. I've never heard somebody have an issue with, you know, uh. <gasps> I have a problem uh, with the gift of wisdom. No, nobody says that. I like being dumb. You know, no, I like nobody's saying stuff like that. It's usually one or two of the particular gifts and, and the packaging of those gifts that makes us dismiss all the gifts. And then we don't see them in operation in our life. Is everybody with me? And so sometimes we'll talk about that tonight. Like at SNL, we'll be talking about one of the gifts that gets that makes us sometimes throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, just just like chuck the rest, and and that's the gift of tongues. Tongues. Ooh, ooh, tongues. Everybody gets all crazy. But it happened in the Bible at Pentecost, and people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and a sign that that happened was they began to began to speak in other tongues. So we'll talk about that. But people have been trying to avoid... The, the, the gifts, in particular, this gift, and I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but, but, but hear, hear it like this as a pastor. What, whatever, you, you never need to avoid something that God gave. You never need to avoid something that God gave. You might need to avoid people that are acting weird, but you never need to avoid something that God gave. And the gifts that we're going to talk about, they're in the Bible. Every single one of them you're going to see are in the Bible. So I think some people on top of that, are confused about what they're reading in their Bibles because they see all these terms. And, and so what I'm going to try to do now is I'm kind of like a funnel. I'm just going like this. And now I'm going to get into some of the specifics. Everybody say, I'm ready for the specifics. All right. So this isn't all in your notes, but I got to give you some stuff so you can appreciate this, these nine spiritual gifts in a couple of minutes. Okay. So this is kind of bonus material, but it's, it's just, it's some of the fluff to make it all make sense. So there are categories of gifts in your Bible when you read them. So this is bonus. Romans 12, 6 through 8, it talks about these motivational gifts. Motivational gifts. All right? That's one category. Another category is what we call ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. That is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and following. And I'll come back to that. Everybody still with me? And then the last category is called the manifested gifts. Uh, manifested. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. That's what we're going to talk about the most. But let let me tell you those first two categories, okay? The manifested are these power gifts, these spiritual gifts, these divine enablements, okay? But the motivational gifts you actually receive at salvation. You get them. In fact, as soon as you got saved, when you see a need, these gifts immediately activate. They just go to work right away. You, 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 don't, you don't realize sometimes it's happening, but it's a byproduct of salvation. So an example would be, an illustration would be, uh, we'll call this the apple pie illustration, okay? Let's just say you all go out to eat. You have a meal. After the meal, you have dessert. You sit down and have dessert. What are we going to get? Everybody likes apple pie. You get apple pie. Apple pie is dispersed all around the table. One of the slices of apple pie is right on the edge of the table, and somebody bumps the table. It falls over and spills. So there's spilled apple pie. Now, if you have the gift of prophecy, you saw that coming even before it happened. And you probably were thinking, or maybe even did, point. you better move that thing up a little bit closer or that's going to fall. Like, that's prophecy. If you have the gift of serving, as soon as it hit the ground, you took off to get napkins, some club soda. You immediately were going to clean that up. If you have the gift of encouragement, you were thinking, oh, that's okay. Here, I'll throw some of the pie on me too so I can look as bad as you and, and we'll do this together. It's all going to be good. Who cares? It's all good. You know, that's, if you have the gift of mercy, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry about your shirt. I feel so bad. My heart just aches for you. You have the gift of mercy. Everybody getting that? So the point is you can look at them. There's seven of them. These, if you're a teaching gift, you're like, there's a better way to make apple pie. You know, you, whatever your gift is, <laughs> it activates when there's a need. Okay, all right. So then, then Jesus gives us these other gifts called the the the, the ministry gifts, and there there are five of them. There's the there's the apostle. There's the prophet. Uh, there's the evangelist, there's a the pastor, there's a the teacher. In fact, you can use a hand to describe these. I often teach it this way. The, the apostle is the thumb. It's the strongest of these ministry gifts. The Bible says he gave some, so not everybody is one of these gifts. So you're not going to have, you know, a thousand pastors. You're going to have just a few pastors for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So, and you have, so an apostle, there's some apostles, uh, they're there to help lead leaders. Then you have prophets. These are the ones that kind of... Uh, uh, we'll talk about prophecy in a little bit, but a prophet, this particular office that you have, they sometimes point the way, point things out. Then you have, I've got to be careful about the middle finger and how I demonstrate this, uh, but the middle finger is the strongest finger of the hand, extends the furthest out, and that's the evangelist. That's the one who's always thinking outward, it's always thinking about reaching others and pulling them into the body. And then you have the ring finger. This is pretty obvious. This is the pastor. This is the one who's married to the church. Their heart beats for the church. They b- live and breathe and think about the church. They stay up at night, think. That's me. I'm a pastor. I think about that. I actually have pastor evangelists are my two offices. So I'm always thinking about souls, and I'm always thinking about people. And then you have the, the pinky. This is the uh, the teacher. This is the one who's interested in specific doctrine and making sure we're on track and helping open up our ears if we can't hear what the, the Lord is saying. Does everybody get that? That's the five. So those are ministry motivational. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk to you about the manifested gifts. Are you ready for this? So 1 Corinthians uh, 12 I think it's verse seven. Is that the next verse? Look at this. It says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's what the gifts are about. They're about helping one another. In fact, I'm using my gifts, right, one of my gifts right now. Okay? And so but my, my, I'm not better than you because I have this gift. In fact, your gift and my gift, they're all connected. We're stronger when working in our gifts together. And these gifts, these spiritual gifts, were made available to all of us after what's called Pentecost. Pentecost just means 50 days after uh, Jesus came back to life. And basically, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on everyone. Now, what does that mean? It means that before that, the Holy Spirit was only poured out on a couple of special people. Not everybody. But today, some of you all, Sometimes we think it's only certain people who can operate in these spiritual gifts. In fact, I I was golfing last year, and I I was with one of our our banking relationships, a a VP of Fidelity, and we were on this really nice golf course, and it was an awesome day, and and all of a sudden, these clouds start rolling in. It looks like it's going to rain, and this guy, Dave, looks at me, and he goes, "Uh, PD, can you take care of that? You know, and I'm like, listen, man, I'm in sales. I'm not in management. I don't do weather. But but that's the mentality. The mentality is that somehow certain people, you know, have this divine enablements, these these this charis, these these special gifts. But the truth is, we all can be used by God. Let me give you a simple definition of what um, a spiritual gift is. Look at this. No 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 no. Can you do can you do the uh, the definition? Special supernatural ability. There you go. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural. That means. God puts his super on your natural ability that God gives to each of his children so that, everybody say together. Together, Together, we can advance his purposes on the earth. So why do you get a specific gift? Uh, You get it from God, but you get it to do it with others. In fact, the reason sometimes God's kingdom is not advancing at the rate that he would desire, even we would desire, is because we all don't know our gifts, and our gifts are not working together. My gift is no more important than your gift. In fact, my gift is being minimized and marginalized when you don't know and operate in your gift. But when we do, anything's possible. That's when the kingdom of God is advanced. Are you with me? So I'm thankful for people who know their gifts, and I honor people who know their gifts. You learn about your gifts, connect through our next steps. That's kind of our spiritual journey for you. So if you're new to Connect... This, this particular service right now, people are in what we call next steps, and we're taking them through these different steps to help them get to the place where you know your, your, your special supernatural abilities that God's given you or gets you to that place, and then we basically release you in a ministry to use that. That's, that's what's happening there, and it's so powerful when that happens. And as a result, when people do that, that's when the, uh, the, the church begins to be an impact on the community. That's why you see, like, I'm so grateful for people's gifts in the parking lot and people's gifts in being used in hospitality. Those are spiritual. The people's gifts, you know, on the worship team. Do we have a blessed worship team or what? Uh, do you know, do you, the people's gifts in children's ministry. You know, those, there are people right now teaching the Bible to your kids. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't do that. I don't have that gift. I'd be so mad because they're not paying attention to me. <laughs> you know? I'd be the guy that's duct-taking them to the wall and you'd be quiet. <laughs> you know? Praise the Lord. I'm not, you guys are all glad I'm not teaching your kids right now. All right? So let me give you like, let me give you another little picture of what it was like so you can go back to and see what it could be like today. Because Genesis 3 was what's known as the fall of man. That basically means that's when paradise was lost. That's when intimate fellowship between God and man was like moment to moment, uh, face to face. Adam at that particular time before sin entered the world uh, could see into the physical realm, yes, but also into the spiritual realm. He had complete, Adam had complete and total dominion on the earth. The earth didn't dominate him. Circumstances didn't dominate him. He had dominion over the earth. But everything changed when sin entered the world. It messed it all up for us. Paul says in the word that we now see through a glass darkly. We we kind of have this imperfect and poor mirror that we're looking to. One day we'll see face-to-face. Everything will be clear and crystal again, but now we don't have the same relationship that Adam had with the fall, and God knew that, so at Pentecost, he gave us supernatural gifts to restore that which was lost. What is that? Dominion over the earth. Instead of the earth dominating us, we could have dominion over the earth to empower our lives. How? By the Holy Spirit. With what? The spiritual gifts of God. So gifts are for us in our everyday life to help us intermittently um, operate at a superhuman or supernatural ability. And it really brings us back to as if we were still in the garden before the fall of man. Is everybody getting that? That's kind of a picture of what God is trying to bring back to us by the Holy Spirit. So here's the nine spiritual gifts and here's the three different categories. I'm not gonna read 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 because it's such a long verse, but I want you to read that on your own. But these nine gifts, these manifested uh, power gifts are what you receive when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive these gifts and they're meant for you to operate in dominion On the earth. And again, most people don't know what these are. The first grouping of these nine gifts are are known as the reveal uh, or the think gifts. Gifts that reveal something. Gifts that reveal something. Sometimes it's think like God, is what it's called, or intuitive gifts. These are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And the discerning of spirits. anybody ever heard of these before? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of these gifts. Good, a few of you have. Awesome. So, the word of wisdom basically, a divine solution, an answer to a particular problem. I think uh, a lot of us uh, don't realize sometimes, if we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we're actually operating in that particular gift. Has anybody ever watched the Andy Griffith show? All right. Well, this is—I'm dating myself—but Andy and and Barney Fife. Barney Fife was this police officer. I, I thought every police officer carried bullets around in their pocket until I was 20 years old, uh, after I watched that show. But I realized they don't. But uh, but but basically, Andy sometimes would face a problem, and he would he would he would talk out loud with 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 Barney. And sometimes, every, every once in a while, Barney would say something, and Andy would go. Barney, that's brilliant that's it. And Barney'd be like, "Huh, what did I do? What did I do? He was always kind of lost or disconnected with, with what he said, but what he said was something that actually solved the problem. A word of wisdom similarly is, is when you receive something from God that you didn't get on your own and, and it was all it was all like it was almost like a wow moment. like where did that come from? Like if you think it's you. Then it's probably not a word of wisdom, or it's not a, or, it's, or it might not be the next one, a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is when you you have some kind of a supernatural access to something, uh, and and you couldn't have had that on your own. It simply it simply comes to you by means that you you not you don't know how. And and sometimes to describe it, it's like, uh, and I think some of you have experienced this. But how many of you have ever had this this? Um, this sense, almost intuitively, uh, that something was wrong with one of your relatives or a friend or a loved one. You just kind of had this sense that something's wrong. In fact, as a father, I've had that sense at different times, and I'll act on my wife. My wife is really strong sometimes in this thing, and she's got this impression, and the kids sometimes are almost nervous, like, Mom, are you getting something from the Lord right now? Oh, my gosh. Like They feel like their mails males being read, you know, and so they like start confessing things like right away because... She knows. They just, they're convinced she knows she's got a word of knowledge you know, or something. So you don't, you don't lie to your, your mom who's operating in this particular gift. And so, but a lot of times when that's happened, that's not a hunch. That's not a hunch. That's the Holy Spirit. And we need to give glory and credit to the Holy Spirit when he's operating in our lives. Um, I heard a story of a guy who was driving to an appointment. And on his way, he had a sharp pain in his right arm. And so he actually thought he was having a heart attack, and he's like, he went like this, he's like, oh, that's not my heart, this is my heart, uh, no, this is my arm. And so he's he kind of confused about anatomy, and uh, at least that's how he told it. So he starts praying for his arm, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, there's nothing wrong with your arm, I want you to pray for Bob right now. In fact, I want you to call him. So he's just like, what, Bob, why would I need to call Bob, what does it have to do? And the thing just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming upon him. And so finally, it was, so, it was this impression, the sense was so strong, he pulled over. He decides to call Bob's house. His, Bob's wife answers the phone and says, oh, my gosh, thank you for calling. Bob just fell and nearly broke his arm. Thank God he didn't. Now, is that like serendipity or is that like a uh, dink? No, I think... <laughs> That's what we think. That's what we say sometimes. Or was that the Holy Spirit's intervention and it began to intercede because he received a word of knowledge? Are you with me? So I think a lot of times we're thinking, uh, well, first of all, what does that look like, Pastor D, when that happens? So what does that sound like when you get those impressions, if you have that spiritual gift? Well, it doesn't sound like Charlton Heston from the heavens you know just screaming at you no it doesn't sound like he's not. the Holy Spirit's not gonna you know, you know rarely are you gonna hear an audible voice so I, I know some people that say they have heard that but it, it, it really if you think about it this way you know close your eyes just for, actually everybody just close your eyes for a second just think about it close your eyes okay this is, what, this is what I want you to do I want you to think this thought I need to call Bob just think that thought I need to call Bob alright now open your eyes that's what it sounds like everybody that's what it sounds like okay it's just like that all right, so like we don't need to complicate it and make it like some kind of ha, ah, you know, kind of moment or something like that. So sometimes we, we think it's something bigger, but really God is doing an amazing thing right in our midst. Philippians 2 5, it's not in your notes, it says, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians says, those of us who are spiritually minded will think the thoughts of Jesus. Jesus, often in the scriptures, if you, if you watch him, he operated in the word of knowledge all the time. Filled with the Holy Spirit. He would, he would say things like, he's getting ready to talk to the, to the Pharisees. And he'd say, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said. Jesus, knowing their thoughts. How did he know that? Word of knowledge. Because he was, he was God and man. We just learned that in our last series, in the God-man series. So he operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, without measure here on the earth. So a lot of times we don't, um, we, don't, we don't give credit to God. Sometimes we're not open to what God wants to do. Sometimes we're trying to shut down the Holy Spirit. I have a preacher friend that I did a conference with uh, a year or so ago, two years ago. And he was sharing how he was at a meeting one time. And he was sitting in the balcony. And he was looking down and he saw a couple in the crowd, husband and wife. And when he saw this woman, he had initially a vision of God, of Jesus, actually coming down, grabbing this, this this woman's forehead and kissing her on the forehead, and then right after that, he, he felt he felt like he got a word that uh, this is my daughter and whom I love, and he says, and then after that, he felt like the Holy Spirit said, "I want you to share that with her," and he's like, "No, I ain't sharing that with her because I don't know her, and there's hundreds of people in here, and that can't be God," <laughs> and and so he just started just started trying to shut it down, so he he left the building. And he leaves the meeting, and he gets in his car. And wouldn't you know it, that at in an intersection, he looks over to his right, and who's there to the right? This couple. And the light was super long, but he just did it again. No, that can't be God. I mean, surely I can't talk to her at this light. That would be crazy. And so, uh, miles later, he pulls away. He pulls into a convenience store to get some gas, goes into the convenience store to get something to eat, and who's in the convenience store? This couple. He's like, come on, God. You know, and he couldn't run away from this uh, this opportunity. So finally, and uh, reluctantly, he went up to this couple and he said, "Hey, you know, uh, my name is Mark, and, and what's your guys' name?" And they say, "And he goes, I don't know. You guys were at that meeting recently? Yeah, I was at there too." And they start talking, and he goes, "This is going to sound really weird. This going to sound really crazy. And I'm sorry. And I'm, uh, we won't see each other after this, and because I'm going to get in a plane. So praise God." And he said, "Uh, um, he goes, but I had this like vision, and then I got this word that if I could share it with you, I'd like to share it with you." So he shares this. He shares the word. Jesus kissed her on the forehead, and you're my daughter and whom I love. And the woman bursts out into tears. Explodes in tears. In fact, the husband's like, oh, it's okay, honey. It's okay, honey. And he's holding her, and Mark's like, okay, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Like, he's getting ready to leave. Like, he's really messed up. And the guy goes, no, 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 you don't understand. This is really personal, so just hang on. He says, "He says my wife and I lost our two-year-old daughter. I said, How, how'd that happen? He said, well, it was a mistake, basically. My, my wife was packing the car, and she put the baby bassinet behind the a, a car and then the and then she forgot to put the baby in the car and she ran over the baby. And for 2 years she was convinced that Jesus would never love her again as a daughter and she would verbalize that and just weep whenever she was in like church she always felt completely distant from God and then you brought that word. How many know there's that might have been pretty powerful to hear something like that. Like, you think she might hold on to that the rest of her life? What if we didn't dismiss the Holy Spirit, but we quickly obeyed the Holy Spirit when he gave us these supernatural gifts in our lives? Here's the third one, the discerning of spirits. Now, this might sound like the weirdest one maybe for some of you. This is one of those that needs packaging sometimes. But basically, we need to know uh, when there's the activity of a demonic spirit. And uh, sometimes there are things, there are spiritual forces at work. I think a lot of times we're trying to deal with things with natural means, with pharmaceuticals, with with wisdom from man, and we need wisdom from God and. And the Bible talks about, uh, in the scriptures, principalities, rulers of darkness, powers in this world that sometimes uh, have a, a jurisdiction or a leadership over an area. And how do we know what that is? In order to break a spiritual stronghold, to see a natural change in the natural world, we have to have the discerning of spirits. That's what that gift is. Uh, my father operated in that gift. There's a couple of people here that operate that really strong. All of you can. I'm just saying, I know some people who do. I actually feel like that's a gift that I have. Some people don't, don't, Value this, and so you have you, some people have the discernment of a doorknob in other words you, 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 you don't you don 't think it 's the devil you' are like you quickly dismiss the devil there could be a person there with six 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 on their forehead and a pyramid eye, and you don 't think it's the devil like I mean you need to open your eyes but we need to know that the enemy's at work sometimes all right number two I'm moving right along uh, number two gifts that do something gifts that do something a lot of times this is referred to it kind of as um, more of the act like God or, or the power gifts. These are the ones that are sometimes the most glamorous or popular. Faith gifts, gifts, plural, of healing and working of miracles. Uh, the gift of faith, um, the gift of faith. My, my wife has operates in this gift really strongly. She's encouraged me many times when I would get down, and I am so grateful for someone who knows they have that gift and operate in that. Sometimes people ask me, well, isn't there the fruit of faith and the gift of faith? yes. Are they different? Yes, but they operate—they operate cohesively with one another. In fact, if you're trying to understand, this is for some of you who know your Bibles. Galatians five talks about the fruit of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit. One of those is faith. The fruit of faith, right? So all the uh, supernatural gifts have to be operated and seen through the lens of the fruit of the spirit. In other words, in other words, you need to have self-control. You want to have—you want to have temperance. You want to have. You want to have uh, kindness. You want to, you want to have these gifts, these, this fruit, um, be boundaries and buffers for how you operate with these power gifts. Does that make sense? They don't, they're not, they're actually cohesive. They work together. They complement one another. So you always want to use your gifts through the lens of the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know if that makes sense to some of you. I'm doing the best I can to explain that. So gift of faith is where you know beyond any shadow of a doubt, doesn't matter what the circumstances say, what you see, what you feel, what you observe, what you taste, whatever those things, you know with certainty the outcome. And people who have that gift are called to encourage others with that particular gift. There's a scripture in Acts 17 where... The Apostle Paul was on a, sh- a ship. It was, about to, it was about to go down. Everybody was getting ready to jump off the ship to save their lives. And Paul said, with his gift of faith, don't worry, none of you will die. All of you will live. Don't worry about it. I know with absolute confidence every single one of you will live. How many like to have a person like that around you whenever, when it looks like the ship's going to go down, literally or figuratively, right? Gift of faith. Then the gifts of healing. Are you enjoying this so far, everybody? I know it's a lot of stuff. The gifts of healing means, it means there's different ways. It's plural. That you can receive healing, I remember one time years ago, uh, I believe there was a, a spirit filled doctor working on me, and I believe he was supernaturally used to with his healing hand. sometimes God heals us. Uh, naturally, medically, and supernaturally. And sometimes I think there's combinations of all those things. So I had a doctor working on me medically and I believe supernaturally at the same time. I had gone through a windshield of a car, my face through a windshield. My shoulder actually hit the mirror, broke the mirror off. And I have one little scar on my shoulder from many, many years ago. But but, but glass all in my face, glass all in my, ch- like my upper chest cavity. Um, and I hurled like 30 feet from the car on a front lawn. When I got to the hospital, I remember this spirit-filled doctor praying for me. What do you mean? I mean, he was praying in English. This would freak some of you out. But he was also praying in tongues. I don't know if I want a you know, doctor like that praying over me. I don't know about you, but I wanted, I'd rather have a spirit-filled doctor praying over me than one who was sipping martinis the night before. That's all I'm saying. And so as he was praying for me in the spirit and in in English, uh, I could hear him saying, you know, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that all this glass will come out, you know, and and everything's going to be fine, and he's healed in Jesus' name, and, and, and just restore his face to the beautiful, handsome face that it once was. And I am the evidence of that right now. You guys are all seeing the miracle right before you. Praise the Lord. I don't know why you're laughing. Anyway, all right. Here's the, here's the third one, the working of miracles. Uh, the working of miracles. I, I like one translation is this working of miracles is sometimes known as the focus of power. In other, words, uh, in other words, it's like a magnifying glass on a situation to change the circumstances or the environment by the power of God. There was a woman years ago that I studied when I was in school... Uh, I actually took a class called the Holy Spirit in, in, in the Now. And this woman, her name was Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman was used mightily by God. Most people believe she had, Catherine Kuhlman used to wear these long dresses. And she was very dramatic when she talked. And uh, she, she pioneered uh, the Foursquare uh, Church. And um, and she'd have these big, big meetings and these, these these services supposedly for healing. And she'd float around and her dress would be like, woo. And I just wish I could show you what she was like. And her hands would always do this. And her fingers were like wicked long and very dramatic. But, uh, but she was used mightily by God. Anyway, people thought she had a, a gift like healing ministry. But I believe she had a miracles ministry because she would just speak out into the crowd And then then literally like a light would come right on upon, not literally, but like a light would come on that person, and whatever was going on in that person's situation, she could speak to it, and a miracle would take place, whatever it was. In fact, my own father, the founder of this ministry, was in a meeting where Catherine Coleman was speaking, and he walked in with a, a blind man who could not see, and she spoke way up into the rafters of this particular facility, and said that somebody's eyes were being opened right now in the name of Jesus, And then poof, wherever that person was, that person began to see and cried right out. My dad was right there and watched that whole thing. You can think something else, but that's what a working... I I would like to see in my day more of the working of miracles because it's, it's a rare gift, but we live in a secularized, humanistic, scientific culture where I think sometimes we need an environment where there's no argument. There's just simple, authentic, real miracles that nobody can deny. And I think it would bring people to their knees and bring people on fire for God. Amen. So it would be great to have those spiritual gifts in operation. Number three, uh, gifts, this is the third area, gifts that say something, gifts that say something. So this is where we, we speak like God, we talk like God. Uh, this is the sometimes known as the utterance gifts, the utterance gifts. And uh, they are made up of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Are you guys still enjoying this? Yes. Prophecy, a word of prophecy uh, is, you know, oftentimes when we see it in the church, man, complicates it, tries to tidy up the Holy Ghost, tries to pretty up the Holy Ghost, make it sound like something other than it is. You know, thus saith the Lord. You know what I mean? What doth the Lord say? I have no idea. Sit down. Uh, (laughs) We need to just like stop trying to pretty up the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Old Testament, uh, prophecy was taken very seriously. A prophet would come into town, and they they they, they they would tell the future. And if the future didn't come to pass, you know what happened to the prophet? They'd stone him. I'm not talking about like stoned. I'm not talking about that. Like, you're like, oh, at least he got some relief. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm talking they'd stone him because you couldn't you couldn't say things that didn't come to pass. The Bible actually tells us, be careful that you don't add any words to the Lord lest he prove you a liar. So we need to be very careful if in this prophetic gift that we're actually speaking God's words. It's actually taking his name in vain to misuse. Power and, and take credit for it. That's what actually it means to take the Lord's name in vain. It's, we sometimes get it mishandled. But if if we had if we had that happen today, which I'm not promoting, you know, if you had a you know a bundle of stones out there by Connects sign, you, you know, be like, there wouldn't be any of that wonky weird stuff that prophets do because you know there's an example out there. We don't want to do that and. You know, people be like, thus saith the Lord, never mind, I'll mull it over a little while, because I don't want to be that guy. Um, but, we, but prophecy used to be primarily about kind of telling the future, but another understanding of prophecy is that when the hearers receive the word, something inside them says, that is truth, I receive that, I receive that. Sometimes I can be preaching, and this, this, this will sound self-promoting, but I don't mean to do that, I don't have time to qualify, but, but I'm, I'm prophesying to you. I didn't say, hold on, time out, prophecy coming, thus saith the Lord. No, but sometimes I'm not speaking the words from my notes. I'm speaking the words of God to you. The Bible actually says the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy. And so we need to receive as hearers sometimes what we're, what we need to receive sometimes the things we're hearing as prophecy because it'll build us up. It'll strengthen us. Can I have an amen? There are moments where God is speaking to you prophetically. Don't go that way. You should go over here. Be careful where, you, be, be careful where you're going. Here's the next gift. Tongues. Everybody say tongues. tongues. Now, we're going to talk about this tonight. I promise you, you will never, if you've never heard a subject on the teaching on this, you'll never hear a better teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit than you will tonight at this church. I'm telling you, it's going to help you a lot. And this is known as spirit baptism. Now, tongues are primarily for your personal edification. What does that mean? When you get torn down, beaten down, tongues were given by God to build you up. Jude 20. Jude is one chapter. and the 20th verse, it talks about it's there to build you up in your most holy faith. No, pastor, I don't need that. Oh, so you're all built up all the time? I am totally edified all the time. I am swolled in the spirit every day. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you're good. You go ahead with that all day long. So the spirit... Baptism is so that when you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to handle the situation, you go right to praying in the Spirit. Say, do you do that, Pastor? Yes, I do. In fact, last year, I I was repenting to the Holy Spirit this morning on the way to church, thinking about tonight, but last year, I think I prayed in the Spirit more than I prayed in English. In other words, there were so many things I was dealing with, I was just, "I, I I don't know what to do. I don't know the English words for that. Have you ever been praying and you run out of English? I bet you've all had that. I don't know what else to say. I don't know where else to go. So basically, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive a heavenly language that bypasses this limited hard drive. It, goes, it doesn't go through here to God. It goes from your spirit directly to God and God's spirit directly to you. So you receive and you give to God, and you begin to have a conversation. When Initially, when I received this, this, this grace gift, uh, I got this very small language as a child. I was about eight years old when I received it. It just a couple few words. But over the years, practicing it like a spiritual muscle, and some of you received it, but you're not practicing it. And so you, you're still in a primitive state. You're still in a, a neophyte state, an early stage. If you practice it, it's like a muscle. You receive more words, more dialect, and you become more fluid, and you get more benefits from it. I've actually been praying in the Spirit, and literally my hands are moving around, just like I'm preaching the Word of God to you right now. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I know he knows what I'm saying, and something is happening in the Spirit by his, by his Holy Spirit in my life. Are you with me? Might sound really weird to you, but Paul said, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How many know that's pretty good? And he said, I pray in the Spirit more than you all. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Then you have the interpretation of tongues. Interpretation is similar to or equivalent to prophecy. And and this is often used in a believer context, though I do believe it's possible to be in a pre-believer context if it's authentic. But uh, I, I believe this one sometimes is misunderstood as well, but, but it's not translation, it's interpretation. When it happens, it's actually extremely, extremely powerful. Um, and, and we need to see that restored in our lives today. Can I have an amen? So the last scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly, what? Desire spiritual gifts. I hope that I've created a little bit of wet your appetite so you want, you want the spiritual gifts. Because... The helper came to help you here on earth, and one of the things he wants to help you with is to give you these gifts and to help strengthen you. Some of you, you may not realize this, but you get a gift at a certain level. Your gifts can actually mature or diminish based on your obedience. So some of you have been given the gift, but they need to mature. They, and sometimes that comes with like being filled again. Receiving a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have never received in the first place. And that's what tonight we're going to talk about a little bit tonight and offer that opportunity. Why do I do it tonight? Because some of you need to be hungry for it. A prerequisite for receiving the Holy Spirit is hunger. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he also hungered. If you look at his life and you study how, how it all happened, there was, there was a connection between fasting and filling. And so I believe that you got to have a little hunger for a little want to. You can't just, oh, can you give it to me right now in the next 60 seconds before we go to, you know, out to eat? No, can't, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. But I hope that your appetite has been wet. And, you, and, and at some point, I promise you, one day in your life, you're going to realize, I need power in my life. I need power. And I don't need, I can't solve this problem in myself. Amen? Why don't you just close your eyes and, and, and bow your heads as I pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I do not believe it is an accident that they are here. I pray that you would just increase their faith in Jesus' name to receive all that God, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, has for them. Lord, would you open their minds? The Bible says, no mind has conceived, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. We can't comprehend it in our limited hard drives, and so I pray that you kind of like, oh, you just sort of short-circuit them on their way out, but in a good way, not in a bad way, that they want more of the Holy Spirit. If you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, would you just as a sign, just raise your hand and say, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to operate, I want to know my gifts. God bless you, God bless you. Lord, for everybody that says that by the showing of the hands, I pray that they receive what they've asked for, God, that you you put them on a path for more of the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you're here today, and you've never received that first gift, the gift of eternal life. You might be hearing, like, I don't even know what I just walked into. What is this? But I want more of it, and I want to tell you, sir, man, boy, girl, it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with just coming to uh, the realization that you can't live your life without Jesus in your life. And when you start that relationship, it changes now to eternity. It begins this process. You want to know Jesus today? You can. You can. You just have to say yes to God. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will guide you on this journey. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I don't want to leave today without inviting Jesus into my life today. God bless you. Yes, that's awesome. Good night, so don't miss it. Thank you. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Church, would you say this prayer with me? Thank you, sir. I saw that. Would you say this prayer with me, church? Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life today. I mean it from my heart. I pray that you give me a new heart, that you replace my heart of stone for a heart of flesh, as you say in your word. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. May I be known of you, And I will make you known from this day forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap for those decisions?